welcome to the Finishing Well podcast, where we encourage seasoned believers to find meaningful ways to impact their world for the kingdom of God. I'm Randy Hess, and I'm with the founder of Finishing Well Ministries, Hal Habaker. Hey, Hal. Good day to you today. Hey, great day to you too, Randy. It's great to see you again. It's great to be with you. It's great to interact with you over this kind of medium. I feel like I'm a duck out of water. I mean, I'm not the highest tech person in the world. And to do these podcasts is kind of stretching me in a whole new way. And uh, I'm glad you glad to do this with you. And I'm glad for our listeners to be with us today. Uh, I feel the same way, Hal, but I feel like we are, uh, <laughs> we're, we're learning as we go. It's fun, isn't it, Randy? I, I yeah, love it. it. So today, Randy, uh, we want to pick up on the fourth essentials. The fourth essential, you know, we're talking through the six essentials of finishing well. You got to grow, you got to connect, you got to love, and today's invest. By the way, you can find all of this on our website, uh, teaching in detail on all of these subjects, but we, we want to just keep these in front of us. I, I keep them in front of myself every day. So today we want to explore invest, and uh, let me introduce this in, in a simple way. Two thoughts. We will invest in generations following us. Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you how this came to me. Uh, a few years ago, I did my mother's memorial service. She died at the age of 96. And I would say for 20, 25 years back, all the years I was a pastor, processed life with my mom, my dad died when I was young. Uh, she said, How when, when I go to heaven, I want you to teach or preach my memorial service on Psalm 71. So that intrigued me. And I would say two or three decades ago, you know, when I was probably in my 50s, early 50s there, I started thinking about Psalm 71, and I came across a verse that has marked my life. And I'm thinking here, you know, Habecker, God's setting you up to do what you're doing, because this verse has to do with finishing well. Let let me just quote it for you real quick. Oh, God, you have taught me from my youth, and I still, at my age now, parenthesis, still declare your wondrous deeds. I I often tell older people, the best thing we can do is talk about what God's doing in our lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's really, don't talk about the old days. Talk to your kids now about what God is doing in your life now in COVID-19 or whatever's going on in your life. So then the psalmist continues, even when I'm old and gray, oh God, don't forsake me. You know, that's the challenge in life. You know, things happen and you feel isolated. The aging process happens and you feel isolated. So don't don't forsake me when I'm old and gray. Until there are two things, until I declare your strength to this generation, that's the generation coming behind you and the generations yet to come. So, you know, if I'm following God faithfully, I am pouring my life into generations following me. And depending where I'm at, I can even pour my life into generations still ahead of me. But I've I've become very conscious of the value of the family, the value of grandparents, parents, kids, grandkids, great-grandkids, 
Randy, you and I know a friend, I think he has 17 great grandchildren right now. He's in a group that we have. Right. So, uh, you know, I want to focus, we, we need to focus our lives on generations coming behind us. That's the theme of today's podcast. Well, I'm glad you said that, Hal, um, and just make sure we understand that uh, investing is not a financial program. Investing can be financial, but investing is about other people. And uh, when you talk about investing in people, you're talking about uh, giving some of yourself to them, giving in some form or fashion to them to build them up. Is that is that correct? Yeah, that really is correct. Uh, let me. To make a quick link to our third podcast, the podcast on the third essential, the one previous to this one. In John 15, Jesus says, I've called you friends because I've told you everything that is in my heart. That's a radical verse to me in investing in those coming behind me. Yeah. Am I talking? Am I sharing? Am I reaching into my own heart and letting my adult kids know what is in my heart. Now, let me give you just case and example. I'm aging. <laughs> you, you know, I'm aging just like everybody else. I watch those ahead of me. I watch those around me. Do I talk to my kids about what I'm experiencing as I age? What are the challenges I have? Where does God work in my life? Where are my weaknesses? Where do I need to trust him more Am I processing that? And do I process my own fears and the things I struggle with with my three adult kids? You know, I think it's one of the great things we can do in investing, sharing our lives with others. So, I mean, that, that's, a hard, that's a hard thing we can do as we mm -hmm. age. Mm -hmm. When you say sense? hard thing, it's a meaningful thing, correct? Yeah. Uh, 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 a very real illustration of yes. what happens in our lives. Yes. Um, and so, Hal, do I have um, an excuse here, though, in, 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 in my head, working around in my head, that I would like to be able to, quote-unquote, invest? I'd like to be able to give. I'd like to be able to provide something to others. But I have nothing, Hal, that's there for them to take. In other words, I have nothing to offer. Um, so they're not interested in, in, in me and what I have to offer, and they're not going to take it. If I've got that message jumping and bumping around in my head, uh, is there a way for me to move past that and just go ahead and give it, give it a shot anyway? Uh, it's a good question, Randy. Uh, because many of us, as we age, feel like younger generations are not that interested in what we think we have to offer. Mm -hmm. I think that's a fascinating question. It's, it really leads back into what we just said in the previous podcast about love. God loves us unconditionally. I don't bring anything to him. And he wants to continue to tell me how valuable I am to him just because I'm me. Okay, now, you know, if, if we feel as aging people, we need to dump our wisdom on those younger than us, I want to say that's not the way it works. I want to say the best thing I can do for my adult kids for 
others like them and generations following Vicki and me and our sphere of influence is to tell them how much we love them, how special they are, how much we pray for them. Now, I am watching their lives. I know the kinds of things they're going through. I know their heartaches. I know their challenges. You know, Vicki and I've been there, but, you know, I like to remind them ourselves that the world that our adult kids are rearing their families in is different than the world Vicki and I reared our kids. So one of the best things I can do, we can do as parents of adult kids is pay attention to what our kids are experiencing, to pray for them, to encourage them, and to tell them we love them and how good of a job they are doing and paying attention to God and dealing with their world. And then we can ask questions along the way. Well, how are you dealing with this? You know, your world's different than my world. Can you tell me about your world? I mean, I, I honestly, uh, my, my daughters are, my daughter in California is rearing four kids and they're all Zooming. I mean, nobody's in school. Her home's different. Her life's different. You know, I want to say, sweetheart, I love you. Tell me about the stress that you're under in your home because I want to pray for you. I want to love you. I want to invest my life into what you're doing so that you're in a better position to do what God has called you to do in your family and with your husband and in your home and in your community, because I care about you. I want to see you succeed. And I don't know actually how you live in your world because I'm not there. I know how I'm in my world. So I share both of those things, and I want to encourage her and those in her generation following me to catch a glimpse of how much we love them, how much we're their cheerleaders, and how much God wants to do the same thing in their world as he did in our world. Does that make sense? Oh, that's pretty, uh, to me, that resonates quite quite a bit, Hal, because I think in the family, uh, as I as you think about yours, as I think about mine, uh, that's a good place to start this thinking process about how I can make a difference to other people is knowing what's going on in my family and how and where I can maybe encourage them through challenging times, difficult situations, and, um, and, and, and maybe even help them th- uh, uh, come to their own conclusion about helping other people. You mentioned a term, Hal, uh, a minute ago, sphere of influence, and your own sphere of influence and your wife's sphere of influence. What do you mean by that? Do you have a sphere of influence? Good question. Does everybody have one? Let me just, I, I think it happens every day around us. You know, who are the people you're around in your church? Now, you may not be going to church. Vicki and I are. There's limited involvement there. But who are the people there? Who are the people that I see? They're in my network. They're in my sphere of influence. Who are the people that aren't coming because they're fearful of COVID? They may be older. They may be younger. They may have little kids and they don't want their kids. Am I sensitive to them? So that's my sphere of influence. I have a brand new neighbor. You know, interestingly, she has a a little six-year-old daughter and all kinds of new things are clicking in my sphere of influence with her and her daughter because she has moved into my neighborhood. 
I have a new neighbor across the back alley, two houses down who I've gotten to know. So all of a sudden these people are clicking. I have discovered this guy is a former uh, Presbyterian Church in America, PCA pastor. I had no idea he was there. So we just stopped talking. We started talking. I was going down the alley the other day and said, hey, you know, we've never chatted. And it's emerged into a wonderful friendship. So I want to say everywhere we go, there is this opportunity to invest my life in some way. A waitress in a restaurant, you know, how do we encourage them? Uh, I could give you all kinds of stories, but that's, I think that's what you do, Randy. The world's all around us. So, so how would you say that my sphere of influence might be larger than I think it is? Uh, that our sphere of influence might even be wider than we imagine it is, um, and that in the way we handle other people, in the way we visit with them, in the way we contact them, the way we interact with them, the way we respond to them, do you think we're actually influencing them? Well, we can. Again, you know, I... Following Jesus is my mission in life. So I search his life. I listen to how he lived, listen to what he taught. So I'm thinking of the story of the Good Samaritan. I mean, you could take any one of Jesus' miracles. You know, that Good Samaritan had no idea his sphere of influence that day when he started on his business trip going from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And he meets a man on that trip who was broken and he helps him. And he, he allows this man in need to interrupt his life in a great way. It changed the timing of his deal. You know, you may have to miss your flight if you're going to pay attention to somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, you may miss out. I mean, you may have to call somebody and say, hey, I'm going to be late. I can't mm -hmm. show up when I wanted to because God has put somebody in my life that I need to pay attention to. So we could give all kinds of examples, but the, the best are the examples of, of Jesus that he used and the stories of the Old Testament. I think of the little servant girl who was in the home of Naaman, you know, the, the, the commander of the Armean army, the enemies of Israel. God interrupted his life and in her little life, the captain of the enemies of Israel was there for her to influence in her sphere of influence. So, you know, it goes on. I mean, you, you have no idea what God's going to do for your life. But the, the key in this, uh, this fourth essential is really focusing on people in your sphere of influence, people coming behind you, and will you pour your life into them? It's critically important. And you never know that sometimes that a, a kind word or a offer to meet or offer to help, uh, an offer to assist in some form or fashion, uh, just reaching out and, and uh, even in a short, very short time, connecting with somebody at a little bit deeper level might leave a lasting impact. Am I correct, Hal? Uh, you are correct, Randy. Uh, you're so correct. And, and let me just, this is so important to me. Uh, I have to share an experience I just, that happened Saturday for me. Uh, Vicki and I have a good friend who uh, died of a long battle with cancer. He was in his early 90s, and I officiated his graveside service. Very dear friend. 
uh, been involved with her family for 45 years. Mm-hmm. What the widow wanted at that graveside service, we talked about this, and she said, you know, I'd like you to open up the service to any of the grandkids to say anything about their grandfather. So I opened the service with a prayer, word of scripture, and just ask that. And one of the things that one of those grandkids said on Saturday afternoon at this graveside, it was a, it was a nice day and we enjoyed sitting outside and the, the service was an hour plus as people shared. One of those grandkids said, you know, whenever I went to my grandparents' home, I knew that I was loved and accepted and I knew that I would feel that. And whenever I was in troubled times, I would always find my way back to their house because I knew that their home and their relationship was a safe place because they had seen their grandfather and grandmother love each other faithfully, serve others faithfully, give their lives to their family. So I think of this fourth essential. I will invest my life in generations following me, you know, starting right in your home. Uh, you, You know, the best thing you can do is pour your life out for your kids, your grandkids, your great grandkids, and stay focused on them. Does that make sense, Randy? It does, Hal. It does. How is it? Is it also possible for me to invest in uh, the younger generation people who aren't in my family and make a difference there? Well, Randy, I'm going to put it back on you for this one. Uh, absolutely. I, I think that's what we do as a church. You know, if you looked at Acts 2.17, Peter quotes Joel 2.28 in his message at Pentecost, and he says, your young men will see visions, your young men, your young women will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Everywhere you see the church, everywhere you see God, there's multiple generations. So, Randy, uh, tell us a little bit. I know you've done this in your church. You, you have really tried to craft a mentoring program where older guys are, and older women are pouring their lives into younger people. Talk about that for a bit. Um, well, how the idea that struck me, given that I have been fortunate enough to have um, an ongoing uh coffee clatch or if you coffee meeting relationship with a number of guys uh, in my life uh, and uh, that I've come across in the last numerous years, I thought maybe other guys in my age or around my age at the church, uh, at the church I go to, would like to um, try to do something like that. So all I did was propose that we try to do a round robin meeting with 12 senior gentlemen and and 12 younger generation guys uh, to meet for coffee uh, once a month. Uh, So each month, uh, a different uh, duo, if you will, would meet. And the idea behind that was that perhaps the younger generation man would enjoy some time just picking the brain of or just listening and talking with the, the older gen but at the same time, the reverse would be true. And, uh, and everybody that I talked with, that I got involved in it, jumped at it, Hal. They thought that was uh, uh, an idea that they wanted to try. 
And uh, we started off, and it worked well. And there was a lot of positive going on. But given that 2020 kind of became the year of COVID-19, that became a stretch to be able to continue that process for the seniors and for the younger gen who were concerned about uh, just getting together. And uh, uh, so the process itself struggled a little bit, but the idea continues on that that's probably something we need to do more of is get older generation people find a way to mix and match them together not necessarily choosing personalities that fit with each other but just choosing people who are interested in meeting uh somebody from a younger generation and choosing younger generation guys who are interested in meeting somebody from an older generation to get together casually for coffee. Talk about their lives in an hour, so to speak. Uh, and then if it continues as a uh, interest on both parties, that they continue following up with that coffee and, uh, and having kind of a mentoring, if you will, relationship uh, where the older gentleman will be pouring into a little bit. Uh, his experience, his... Um, uh, his background, his uh, knowledge into the younger generation gentlemen. That's it, Hal, in a nutshell. I think it's great, Randy. It's a great illustration. I think the church ought to be about that. Now, let me kind of wrap up this conversation with just my own personal experience. Uh, my experience has led me into this invest your life in generations coming behind you. As I think back across my life, I would not be where I am personally without older people who have encouraged me and poured their lives into me. I'll tell you, I could do an hour message on just going through a list of people who have poured their lives into me down through the years, beginning in high school, up through this day personally. And they've changed my life. And the best thing I can do to those people is say, thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to say not the best. The best thing I can do is say thank you. But the second best thing I can do is follow their example mm-hmm. and pour my life into others coming behind me, starting with my family, but not limiting to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of all these people who have influenced me. I wasn't a part of their family at all, but they have poured their lives into me and it has made all the difference in the world. I'm indebted to these men and women mm-hmm. who have poured their lives into me, helping me to become the man, the person, the dad, the friend that I am. I am not a self-made man by any stretch. None of us are. God has worked in our lives through other people and the best gift we can give back to him is do the same for them as well. So, so whether they knew it or not, they were investing in you, weren't they? Well, they were. They were professors in seminary, presidents of seminary, college coaches, friends that God has brought into my life. You know, it, it, the best thing, I have to close with this. As we age, can you imagine the people that God is still going to bring into your life to encourage you? <laughs> And can you believe the people God is going to bring into your life for you to encourage them 
I mean, it's the best thing about aging. It's the best thing about life. God has all kinds of surprises for us. So That's an awesome thought, Hal. Thank you. Well, I just hope that this has been an engaging conversation to you as you've listened, uh, to see the potential and to dream of all God has yet to do through your life with this fourth essential and investing. Now, you can listen to this podcast again or pass it on. Uh, go to our website, finishingwellministries.org forward slash podcast, and send us a note or whatever. Uh, contact us. Say, we'd love to hear you talk about this or this or another idea. And uh, we really appreciate you joining in on this. And may God bless you and encourage you greatly.